John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast for June 1916. This podcast looks at life in World War I through the letters of John Adams, who was 23 when he joined up in September 1914. He served with the 9th Service Battalion Royal Irish Fusiliers and was involved in many significant events on the Western Front, particularly Passchendaele. These are his words, read by his grandchildren, and narrated by his great-grandchildren. This month we see John Adams moving from hospital in France to one in Paisley, Scotland. We see that he has more time to think about things and muses about death in war. In our history section we see the world continues with the banal, like British summertime first being introduced, but also that the war continues on, leading up to next month, the Somme. My name's Mark Adams and John Adams was my grandfather. For the rest of 1916 and into 1917, John Adams would be on a long road to recovery. We know he had been readmitted to the hospital with recurring infection and an inflammation of the wound as told in his letter of 14th of June. Records are available from number 3 Casualty Clearing Station then at Putjewillers behind the lines at Hamel. These records indicate the following. Index number of admission T1051 Ailment Sick Inflammation of connective tissue hand Date of admission for original ailment 17th of June 1916 Date transferred to sick convoy 18th of June 1916 Number or designation of ward A1 Notes written in the observations column, 110th Field Ambulance, to number 18, Ambulance Train. 110th Field Ambulance was part of 36th Ulster Division and in June 1916 was located to Clairefay Farm between Varanese and Le Villers. The number 18 ambulance train consisted of 16 coaches. It was 960 feet in length and weighed 442 tonnes. It held 482 patients with 144 lying down, 320 sitting up and 18 infectious cases. Its 45-strong staff was made up of 3 surgeons, 4 nurses, 6 cooks and 32 orderlies. John Adams ended June at the Royal Alexandria Infirmary in Paisley, Scotland. June was also the month that the clocks went forward in France. The Daylight Savings Bill was first brought into the United Kingdom on the 21st of May 1916. It was then introduced to France on the 14th of June at 2300 hours, putting the clock forward. This in part was to save fuel, but also the Germans had introduced the procedure in 1915 and it seemed to work for them. At the end of June 1916, preparations were underway at the front line around the Somme where it was decided to try to break through the German front lines to push the war forward. It started with five days of bombardment of the Germans bringing June to a close. British Expeditionary Force, somewhere in France, 14th of June 1916. 
My dear mother, just a few lines to say that I received your parcel alright. Many thanks for what you sent me. I was most thankful for the cigarettes which you sent, for to tell you the truth, I have nothing to smoke for a couple of days. I may as well tell you I am back in hospital again. I came out of it too soon and it seems the splinters were not all out, so it broke out again and I had to go back. But it's only a rest camp that I am in now, and only about half a mile from where the regiment is lying, so anything that comes for me, Jay McCulloch keeps them for me and sends them up. But somehow I missed that letter that you said you wrote to me last Monday. I think he must have sent it by post so it would take much longer coming. But I do not want you to be uneasy about me, as I will soon be alright. I was not going to tell you about it, only I thought that perhaps Jack would be writing home and telling you about it and that you would think it worse than what it is. I just got a letter the other day telling me the death of William Brown. It must have been very sudden, for I never heard of him being ill. You see the reason I was so long in getting the letter, I was just into hospital at the time and they did not know where I was so it was posted back again and got over the most part of France before I got it back again. Well that will be changes there. I thought he looked quite alright the time I was home on leave but a short time makes a long of changes. But what can we expect but changes? There has been a lot since we came away nine months ago. But the changes will only start when the war is over and the ones that has left live to get home. It is then that the ones that have fallen will be missed. But it is all the fortunes of war and it will be a bad war indeed if all is killed. Someone will be left to tell the tale. Well how is Jimmy getting on? He might take half an hour on Sunday and write me a line. I suppose it is all the day he has. How does the daylight savings bill affect him? It must be very hard rising at 5 o'clock when the clock says it is 6. It is starting with us today, so I do not know how we will like it. I suppose they want to give us an extra hour at the Germans. I suppose Annie is getting on alright. I had not a letter from her for a long time. I think long when I do not hear from you. I must soon write to her and to Jimmy too, but there is not much to write about. Ask her if she remembers one thirteenth of July that we came home from the pass in Jay Garvey's car through Glenan. That a man called William Whiteside and a wee child came home with us. Well, I met him the other day. He was in the RE and he was asking me if I remembered it and how my sister was getting on. He was saying that we would hardly be home for the 13th and I was in the same opinion. I do not think I was ever telling you about meeting Reverend Patton of Downshire Road Newry out here. It was after I came out of hospital and we were lying at a place called the Mound Keep on the railroad that runs between Paris and Berlin. It was on Saturday afternoon and Sergeant Gordon and I were sitting outside our dugout when the captain came along and he stopped to speak to some of our officers and I saw him always looking over to where Willie and I were sitting. So then he turned to come away and he came over where we were sitting. Of course we rose and saluted him. Then he said to me, Corporal, have I ever seen you any place before? So I said, I do not remember having met you before, sir. And then he asked me what part of Ireland I was from. So I told him, and he asked me what I worked at when I was at home. So I told him that I had lived with Reverend Mickey for a number of years. So when he said he knew that he had seen me before, he asked me did I not remember having met him on one occasion when he was coming to preach in Kings Mills. But still, I could not remember him. So he told me he was a pattern from the Downshire Road. 
So when it came back to my memory, he came to preach one Friday before the communion, so I told him that I remembered it. So he was preaching to us the next uh, day, Sunday, and when he was finished, he came over and told me he would write to Mr. Miki and tell him he had seen me. Well, I think I have told you about all the news, only that all the chaps in the North Irish Horse is up this part of the line, but I have never yet saw any of them. When we were in one village, they were in another, so that is how we miss them. Harry Whiteside is a sergeant major now, and Willie Lockard is still sergeant. The Newton Hamilton fellows are two villages from us. I think I must draw to a close, hoping that this may find yourself and all at home in the usual good health, as I remain your loving son, John Adams. The Royal Alexander Infirmary, Paisley, Scotland, 30th of June 1916. My dear mother, just a few lines to let you know that I received your parcel all right. Many thanks for what you sent me. It was awful good of you. But you might not have minded about sending me any cigarettes, as I have got more here than I can smoke. The people here are so very good to us. The factory girls give so much out of their pay each week for comforts for us while we're here, and comes to visit us four days a week. I often heard it said that Scottish people were hard with their money, but I will not believe it any longer, for they do not show it here. We are as well here as it would be in Ireland, perhaps better. The weather is very fine here just now, and this is a lovely place. Tomorrow is the first of the month, and Wednesday will be the twelfth. What changes since the last? Where is the men going this year? I hope they will get good days. You might tell Annie and Jimmy to write and tell me all the news and how things are going on. I never thought as long for letters before as I did since I came here. Well, there's not much more to tell you about. I cannot tell you how my hand will do until it heals up. It has been open so often. Well, don't forget to tell Annie I will be expecting a letter from her very soon. I thank you again for what you sent. I shall not forget you for it. No more at present. I remain your loving son, John Adams. Thank you for listening to John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast. To find out more about John Adams and his family, visit www.johnadams.org.uk forward slash letters. And you can email us with your comments or questions at letters at johnadams.org.uk. You can also follow at jadamsletters on Twitter. The history of the 9th Service Battalion at Royal Irish Fusiliers during World War I is taken from Blackers Boys. Visit them at www.9thirishfusiliers.co.uk. That's with the number 9, not the letter. Podcasts will be published 100 years after the letters were written, so will be published nearly every month. This has been a Mark's Mass production. (laughs) 